0: This is Rugger Matrix International, the world's leading independent rugby podcast quoted more than anyone else. It's no wonder that our major partner is Strike, Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits so you can stay safe in your car and avoid hefty fines. So go hands-free with Strike. Enter the code RUGGERMATRIX and you'll get 10% off. Go to strike.com.au to get your discount. RUGGER MATRIX also brought to you by mybean.com.au. We sell at roasters' prices. Let's get it on. Hello and welcome to Rugger Matrix International, episode 191, Flower Power. The reason it's Flower Power this week is because the mighty Waratahs are dominating everything in super rugby and always dominating in this, well, world of new media control. Mark Cabana Bar, Pinky Cash Cow Cashman.
1: Flower Power Bronco, how appropriate, uh, brought to you by people who were conceived in the flower power era.
0: Exactly. So Mark Cashman, plenty to talk about in uh, Rugger Matrix International this week. And most of it's about Super Rugby, but off the top, some developing news at Ulster. And uh, there's been a big clean out there at Ulster, which means that Les Kiss, the Ireland's assistant coach and massive Rugger Matrix contribution expert, uh, is now going to be uh, the Director of Rugby. And he'll do two roles. Continue his role with Ireland Rugby and be director of rugby for Ulster. So, a bit of drama there. You've been uh, to the great ground itself, and uh, it's uh, obviously uh, caused a bit of commotion over there amongst the Ulster supporters. But, you know, Les Kiss, if he has to step in for the time being, no better man for the job. It is actually a
1: province bronc that has come on in leaps and bounds in recent times. They've uh, they've done major renovations at Raven Hill and uh, it was pretty uh, pretty nineteen sixties uh, when I visited it there, in uh, oh, probably three or four years ago to see Ulster, which was being coached by Matt Williams, take on Stud Francais, eh, which was coached at that stage by uh, the the great Ewan McKenzie. So uh, interesting day with uh, with a couple of Aussies there, but. Uh, it's uh, it's a good challenge for uh, for Les, and I think he's uh, he's obviously going to make a make a great fist of it. There's a plenty of talent there, and they obviously want to uh, for Ireland's sake, for the national team's sake, to to actually maximise the use of the talent up there.
0: Yes, that's right, Casho. Uh, Les Kiss um, was actually due to be on our show this week, but uh, this morning, uh, very early this morning, I got a text at two thirty a.m. Uh, he said that. Uh, Things have been happening, so obviously it developed quickly in Ulster and uh, he had to move, so we'll be catching up with him very soon, hopefully next week, so he can fill us in and what the details will be moving forward into the competitions that they'll be involved in uh, next season. So uh, well done, Les, uh, and uh, just adding another one to his plate, but I'm sure he can handle it. Good. Man I, think,
1: I think, Bronk, it is the next phase in his career to actually take on a director of rugby's role. He was... Uh, always ambitious to do a a head coaching role and I think this is uh, this will be very educational very uh, very uh, career inspiring for him and I think it's going to make him a better coach not that
0: he's he's not a too bad one now. Well he's had experience too as head coach uh, in the changeover for Ireland just recently so um, Les has had that experience and you know um, he's had a a chance to do attack and defence so he's done it all pretty much Les Kiss so Uh, We'll hopefully find more out from Les next uh, week. Uh, So that's the breaking news as we record today. So as we mentioned, it's flower power because the Waratahs, they're all conquering so far. They are on top of the Super Rugby ladder, the log or whatever you want to call it, the table. They're on the top of the heap and that's a good thing to be. And that was after a thrashing of the uh, severely weakened uh, Brumbies outfit uh, last weekend. Uh, Casho, I don't think the Brumbies were much chance with 10 players out. But the Waratahs did the job. with some exciting moments there at ANZ Stadium, but uh, I think overall they they weren't really pushed too hard.
1: Probably the first thirty minutes, uh, the Brumbies did have a real good go at them. Uh, the, you know, uh, the Brumbies game, as you know, Bronk is to uh, to spoil the breakdown, to uh, spoil other teams' momentum. Play for field position, then then strike from there. It's a it's a very good formula. It's uh, obviously worked for Jake White, and it's working to a, a certain extent for Stephen Larkham and uh, and good old Lord, Lord Laurie. But uh, the Tars of 2014, though they they're keeping their cool, they're keeping to the script that uh, Michael Checker has given them. They're continuing to play football, and that that's what's happened. They're they're, they're going to run oversides in the last 10, 15, maybe maybe 20 minutes. They've, uh, they've got some big boppers there, they've got some real good weapons out wide and uh, listen, it, it could be their year, who knows.
0: Well that's right and don't forget uh, the Brumbies have to deal with the other issue that Laurie Fisher is moving on to Gloucester in the UK. That uh, was um, you know, a bit of a surprise when it broke but uh, I think uh, Laurie um, was going to be heading back overseas at some point.
1: I think uh, Stephen Larkin was always, he was the anointed one, Bronk, wasn't he? Uh, and I think Laurie was always going to head overseas and, uh, and, 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 and do another job at another time. I think he even, uh, he even foreshadowed this to the Brumbies organisation 18 months ago when Jake White uh, came in. So, listen, he's done a fantastic job there. I'm sure he's going to do a great job there at, uh, at Gloucester in the, in the West Country. It's a beautiful part of the world.
0: Yeah it is certainly, so we wish him all the best but some uh, difficult times at the moment for the Brumbies, let's see how they go through but Stephen Larkin will carry the can, there won't be any replacement for uh, Laura Fisher, they'll have to make do with the coaching staff that they have. So um, we trundled down to Waratah's training uh, on Monday morning to see what the uh, wash up was from that really good victory at the weekend and we might start with one of the, um, the, the key players for not only the Waratahs but Australia in the French series. And that is the fly half, Bernard Foley. He spoke to Mark Cashman.
1: What's going to be the key to uh, playing the Highlanders? Is it. Making sure that the ball to Aaron Smith uh, is scrappy, you know what's what's going to be the key. Yeah, it's definitely pressuring them, you know, across the field. You know, you can't
2: let uh, Aaron Smith get quick ruck speed and uh, and that ball sort of on on a plat on a plate. Uh, you know, you can't turn over balls to these blokes because their counter attack is uh, just so dangerous um, and they can hurt you from anywhere with the likes of, you know, uh, Ben Smith.
1: On Saturday night, a loaf a loafers second try, it seemed as though it was a conscious call or was you just playing what's in front of you? Um, no, that was a set move so we uh,
2: we'd sort of planned that but you know it's always good when they come off those set moves because um, often they don't or get shut down or something happens so um, when the ones you planned come off it's
1: probably extra special and you know he did really well, Kirtley and Izzy and as well. That win on, uh, on the weekend, is that sort of uh, Pepped a lot of you guys up, you know. I know like 11 Wallabies were involved in that in, in that last test from the Waratahs. Uh, is is there spring in the step? You feel the momentum still there? Yeah, I think there's definitely momentum there. I think um, when you
2: get to play together as a Waratahs or Wallabies, um, it's always enjoyable. And I think guys just really wanted to make sure that when we came back from uh, the Wallaby camp and that set up that you, know, you don't drop your intensity or um, your preparation and, um, and you don't have a lull and I think you know coming back into this environment last week uh, everyone was so excited uh, to
1: get back together and, as a group and um, looking forward to the next couple of weeks. Going into the game, there was a bit of motivation out of a out of a tweet from an S and C uh, coach from down in uh, down in Canberra. How did how did Chek use that to uh, rev you guys up?
2: Um, you know, he's always good at finding uh, all the smallest sort of motivations and using it. And I think you know, for us, we do pride ourselves on, on working hard and you know trying to. Um, you know really put in a performance every week that uh, that shows that and I think uh, he sort of just reminded us that uh, maybe that that night it didn't happen or they thought we didn't work hard enough so um, it's definitely you know for that game was uh, was a bit of a mantelpiece, something to, uh, to take back and um, I think going forward that's something we've got to pride ourselves on.
0: So Mark Cashman there with Bernard Foley with other members of the Sydney press on Monday. With uh, I guess a, a pretty exciting uh, stage for New South Wales rugby that uh, they are on top of the table, on forty eight points. The Sharks are for forty five, so three points behind. Uh, it's in their hands basically.
1: It it very much is, Bronk. I think uh, if uh, if they can beat the Highlanders this coming weekend, they and then they travel to Brisbane to uh, take on the Reds. Uh, first place certainly isn't out of the question. They. Uh, they said at the start of the year they want, they wanted to finish 1-2, uh, but one of the things that came out of that chat with Bernard Foley and the other guys that we spoke to is the enthusiasm to finish the job is there. Obviously, the undertone, I think, from here on in will be about uh, doing it a bit for Denno, but doing it for themselves. You know, the, the enthusiasm's there.
0: Absolutely, and one of those uh, players who's very enthusiastic is the Tamworth boy himself, the front rower Paddy Ryan. He was pretty happy to talk about all things heading into the last home game of the season and uh, he also spoke to Mark Cashman about uh, Dave Dennis as well.
3: I think Dennis will play a role for the rest of the season though Paddy won't he? Yeah, it be a huge role. He uh, organises our line out so that'll be one thing he'll have to do um, with Stephen Hoyles and Mitch Chapman. Um, and obviously he's such a, such a big part of, uh, of our community and was before he was captain so um, he'll have a huge role to play and um, defining that at the moment isn't isn't my responsibility but I'm sure between him and check and hoops and swoopy and the rest of the coaching staff they'll be all over sorting that out
1: Paddy, you mentioned line out calling before that's uh, that's a pretty important part and I'm good to see Mitchell Chapman back on the field just recently and obviously uh, Hoyles is going to play a major role in that
3: Ah, uh, yeah I mean that's I worry more about the scrum than the line-outs, I've just got a lift in the lineout so uh, I'll let I'll let the boys sort that out. You know, we've got a few options there. Kane Douglas, obviously, very experienced second rower as well. So, um, and Jacks Pogitas played under Victor Matfield. So, there's lots of guys who know a lot about the line out. Um, they'll and they'll sort, sort that out with the help of Dave. Um, and yeah, that'll be that'll be fine. I mean, Halsey caught him in the Reds match, which we we had good ball from and and won, and won got four tries. So, um, you know, it's not a massive area of concern at the moment. We'll just have to make sure we're really diligent about about working on it.
1: The Highlanders are very effective at the breakdown. Um, that's obviously going to be a,
3: an area of focus this week. Yeah, we haven't had any meetings yet, so I don't know what uh, what Nathan Gray and Darryl Gibson have got in store for us. Um, I think all New Zealand teams are, are good over the ball and play with good width, so I know we can expect that at, at, the, very, at the very least. Um, but yeah, look, it's going to be a tough game, but it's going to be awesome because it's Sunday Arvo footy, last home round of the year. The boys are pumped, they will be pumped, you know, um, we've got a lot to play for, even more so now that we're, we're carrying the weight of Denno on our shoulders as well, so it's going to be an awesome weekend, I hope everyone gets down there for it, it'll be great to see the SFS packed out.
0: Paddy Ryan, uh, he was quite a character on the day and uh, when I mentioned uh, I was an Inverell boy, he knew the Highlanders straight away, so I thought he was shaking in his boots. Hello?
1: <laughs> no, Brock, listen, one of the things he did say was uh, about the importance of uh, of to uh, have someone in there that's calling the line-outs for the Waratahs, and he's, mm. uh, he's nominated there Stephen Hoyles, who's a, who's a friend of Rugger Matrix, and uh, another guy, Mitch Chapman, who's just back on the field. So the timing in those things is uh, is very good. I get the feeling uh, Stephen Hoyles will get first crack at it, and he's
0: playing pretty well, Hoylesy. He is, he's doing a great job. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to see it, um, check out the Stephen Hoyle's Total Rugby story that Casio and I uh, uh, shot for that crew over there. And it's, uh, it's a great story about his comeback uh, from uh, a horrendous injury that he just couldn't overcome. And um, if you don't forget, uh, he actually spoke on this program well before that about heading overseas to fix it up. but. Uh, this conference is unbelievably tight so far. The Brumbies aren't out of it yet uh, because of the uh, uh, unbelievable upset that we saw. Not an upset, but a fantastic performance uh, by the Blues against the Force. Absolutely tell them up, so the Force will be pretty concerned about that.
1: Yeah, Bronk. If if you look at the table, uh, any team from one to nine can make this top six. I think, I think probably at this stage the only team that would be lucky to get there outside that is the Bulls, who are sitting in uh, in tenth, in tenth position. But uh, that New Zealand conference is just uh, absolutely—it's—it's uh, it's a real traffic jam, isn't it? It's—it's uh, M four at six o'clock at night, really, isn't
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> Crusaders 42, Highlanders 42, Hurricanes 41, and then it's Blues and Chiefs on 36. I mean, they're all there. They're all in it. Yeah. It's amazing. So um, that's a pretty tight uh, end of the season. And I think uh, what it shows is that something that we all know, that New Zealand rugby is probably the best rugby to watch,
1: yeah? Well, it's uh, it's got class, it's got depth, and uh, people just keep on coming through. And that's because of the uh, you know the structures they have in place. Uh, they have also uh, the ITM Cup. Uh, their schoolboy comps are very good. They consistently perform well at the, the underage levels, and rugby's a religion over there.
0: So uh, what it means, though, the Waratahs will have to face... Um, after this weekend's game, they'll have to travel to Queensland to play the Reds.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, Bronk, isn't it? Uh, the Reds uh, sort of hit back, I think, last week. A lot, lot of people thought that their season was uh, very dead, dead in the water, and the, that perhaps even it was time to move on from uh, the coaching structure that they uh, they have there. But uh, listen, a win's a win, and it turns the season around pretty quick.
0: Certainly does. But uh, a lot of the um, uh, questions being asked about the Reds are. Uh, before that fantastic performance, is James O'Connor going to be signed? Well, another big story for why one of the great uh, writing gurus in rugby, uh, Jim Tucker, really ramped it up this week. Uh, this, courtesy of the Reds media unit, was the uh, response by Richard Graham, the uh, Reds head coach, to speculation that James O'Connor was about to sign with the Reds
4: yeah it was good of Jimmy Tucker to uh break that story this morning you know there's only one piece missing isn't it and that's uh confirmation from the queensland Reds so yeah at, th- at this point um yeah all all that's still speculation and um Jimmy can keep writing it if he wishes to yeah mate, the one the one thing I think uh detail doesn't necessarily um, make it uh, make it truth uh, can still be speculation anyone can put something in the paper there uh but you know, I've said it before, he's a good footballer. There's no doubt about that. Um, he's d- displayed that in Australia, overseas, wherever. We understand the quality of football he is. In terms of recruitment ourselves, we've uh, been really disciplined. Jim Carmichael's got a very strong uh, strategy that we have remained disciplined to as an organisation. And uh, when Jim feel it, feels it's right, um, he'll reveal that. Yeah, on, on the back of one game, uh, you know, don't change my opinion, obviously, uh, yeah, put some thought into this and this has been going on now for the last 12 months. So, um, yeah, we, we're disappointed to lose people. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, but you make decisions based on what you think is best for the organisation going forward. And all the decisions that have been made, I believe, are in the best, organis- best interests of the
1: organisation. Yeah, Bronk. That's uh, that's interesting words from uh, from Richard. Obviously, a lot of discipline in and around the uh, the recruitment there. But uh, you did notice Eddie Jones uh, did take a bit of a bit of a backhander at uh, Young James, saying that uh, he he doesn't think that he's exactly what the Reds need. He thinks they need someone in the middle of the field with a bit of size. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe Marnonu. Uh
0: Maybe. Um... And I, I believe firmly that James O'Connor is a uh, a winger or fullback, but he's not uh, shouldn't be in the middle. Um, I just think uh, to get the bet, he's brilliantly a gifted, talented player, but I believe he's at his at his most dangerous as a winger. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty all well right. And man. I think
1: we saw in the line series last year that he's uh, he's not a full time five eight. Oh, don't go over that. Or again. should I say fly half?
0: Yeah, let's not go over that again. That's still um. Mm. Frustrates me uh, that uh, selection. So, uh, but he's a good player, and uh, he's been doing well over in the UK. And uh, maybe he could be a good solution for the Reds somewhere else there, um, particularly when they had injuries like Quade Cooper's injuries this year to deal with. Um, so, all that sort of happening there for the Reds. But let's hear from Bo Robinson now, and on the fact that they actually put it together for the first time in a long time when they demolished the Rebels last weekend.
3: Yeah, definitely, you know, uh, life just seems to go a bit better when you're winning sort of thing, and um, the momentum's a wonderful thing, so if we can keep that going and hopefully take that in this weekend, we should go all right. I don't know. Well, would. if I knew, I'd be a bloody smart man, wouldn't I? <laughs> um, I? It was just clicking. The boys were, you know, excited. Having the free, uh, three weeks off, you know, probably freshened us up a bit, and uh, we just came back and we were, were really excited to play with each other again.
0: So there he is, Binzie, or Bo Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Just calling it as it is. I guess they didn't really know what happened to the weekend, but they did uh, turn it on against the rebels.
1: Interesting what uh, what Bo was saying in uh, in in that uh, it's just one of those things where where for no particular reason you you're not sure why things click, and that obviously happened on uh, down in Melbourne for the uh, for the Queensland Reds. So uh, good to see, good to see their. Uh, they're back on the horse again because, you know, we want the Australian Conference to be as tight and combative as uh, the one over the, uh, across the Tasman, don't we, Bron?
0: Yeah, we certainly do. So uh, that's what's happening in Super Rugby. So we've got some really big games this weekend. Uh, the unfortunate thing for the uh, Brumbies is that they've got a bye. So they will stand still and uh, could easily be overrun by the other teams in that number six cut-off zone. But the Waratahs... You know, they've got it pretty much locked away at 48 points. It's whether they can continue. I think one of the big reasons is they are showing great hunger and chasing the play. The defence is good, but one of the really big factors is Wycliffe Parlow. He's trimmed down, he's running well. We mentioned it that uh, he's uh, been able to carry a good size on him this year, and playing 80 minutes last weekend. He was pretty knackered, but uh, you know, I think he's a great reason why not only uh, the Waratahs did well, and we've always played well. Yeah, Australia has played well, i try and avoid it we Australia's played well when guys uh, at the back uh, are playing their part and I mean big number eights and good number eights and Australia's had a great history of them and uh, Wycliffe Palo is certainly in good form for the Wallabies and the Waratahs
1: yeah, Cliffy has that, uh, that presence on a rugby field and mm-hmm. uh, he does in- inspire the people around him Every run that he made, and I think uh, I noticed during the call on Fox Sports at one stage there, there was 10 or 15 minutes to go and uh, Cliffy had done 16 ball carries and something like eight tackles. So that says something about his mindset, about his fitness, about, about where he is. And I, I, I just hope his body stays together and uh, you know he, he can have a stellar end to this season.
0: Certainly, uh, hopefully he does, Uh, cash cow, certainly do. Uh, Today's uh, over-the-shoulder image brought to you by Image Matrix, which is my uh, image company. The great Tatafu pilota now, throwing the line-out ball in a couple of seasons ago, and uh, I think it was 2012, actually. And um, they certainly moved along a fair bit, and the hair's got big, it's got small, it's got big. It's small again. Isn't it's been it? braided. It's uh, yeah. it's it's been everywhere, man, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been doing well, and and I always think um, Tatafu plays better when he starts the game uh, because he really works his way into the match, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, and uh, his set piece work on the on the weekend against the Brumbies was particularly good. You know, like. Uh, uh, he threw well. It was a difficult night out there. It was cold. It was windy out at Homebush and uh, his scrum was uh, was particularly good. You know, the, the, the scrums went went one way and another. The Brumbies obviously have a very sort of good front row, but he, he was the uh, he was the consistent player in, the, in in that front row there. And good to see him playing well. Hope he finishes off the year well.
0: All right, so as we say for the show, flower power. The Waratah is uh, definitely blooming at the moment. Uh, uh, they are on fire. Uh, but some tests to go. As we say, every single year, Cash Gow, it's not decided till the last game of the final round. And I'm sure that's going to happen, especially when you see that uh, log jam there around the number six position. But don't forget... Uh, leading the other conferences the crusaders just by the skin of their teeth didn't help with their upset loss last weekend and of course the, the sharks are uh, leading the way in south africa a bit more of a gap over there the south african conference is, is vastly different to the other two isn't it
1: yeah very much so you know the sharks way 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 ahead and the uh and, and the bulls they're sitting on uh, second position on uh, on sort of 33 so I don't know what uh, what role anybody beyond the sharks is going to play come finals time, but uh, funny things have happened. And as, as one of the mantras of uh, Ewan McKenzie uh, in his time at, you know, as a Super Rugby coach was, "Listen, we're not going to know what's going to happen until the uh, the the final minute of the final game, which is generally in South Africa."
0: Uh, yeah, that's the case, and the Lions and the and the Cheetahs. Uh, languishing at the bottom of the Super Rugby table. Uh, the Reds uh, could have been a better year, but unfortunately they left their run really late, but injuries haven't helped them at all, but you've got to get through the year with injuries. It's just the way it is. Um, all right, Cash Cow, that, that is it for the program. Nothing left to plug for your business?
1: No, Bronk, not at this stage, but uh, my North Harbour Rays, my Macquarie University mm. North Harbour Rays are ticking on very nicely. We'll, uh, we'll have our first training run this week at uh, Manly Able, so the development squad comes together. It's the, uh, the first step of a great journey, let's hope.
0: All right. Cash Cow, yeah, thanks for coming in. No worries, Bron. There is Mark Cashman coming in for a quick-fire 191 episode of Rugged Matrix Flower Power. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. Like I said, looking forward to catching up with Les Kiss, hopefully next week uh, before he heads back uh, home to Ireland and gets stuck into uh, Ulster and, of course, the Ireland team after that. Uh, Quick mention too, uh, congratulations to South Africa Uh, Successful uh, mid-season test series And they ended it with a pulsating victory over Scotland Absolutely hammered them And uh, so they've scored a few tries And had a couple of tight episodes as well And uh, I think uh, that will put them in good stead For heading into the rugby championship Which we look forward to seeing in August All right. so that is for the show Uh, We will see you next week on Rugger Matrix International.